HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. My name is Greg Benson and happy 5th of July, everyone. I hope you all made it through with a mild hangover and all of your fingers still attached to the ends of your hands. Uh, A bit of an odd 4th of July this year, I have to say. It felt a little weird uh, celebrating America after some supremely appalling decisions came down in the last week. It really was just kind of like a like a like a greatest hits of terrible, terrible choices by the highest court in the land. From the 303 creative decision to the throwing out of the student loan forgiveness plan to overturning affirmative action. It and then, oh, and by the way, here have a hot dog. Um I sort of cope with it by in a weird way. Um Going back to the most satisfactory definition of love anyone has ever heard or anyone has ever told me, um, someone told me once that love is what sticks around when like goes away. I thought it was helpful yesterday because I still really love this country. I just really don't like it right now. But knowing that enabled me to celebrate the parts of it that I like, so including the ability to get together with some friends, including the ability to say all of the things I just said into a live microphone and not be hauled off to jail, which I really appreciate, and the ability to kick back and enjoy a now constitutionally legal beverage, which I did quite a bit of yesterday. Um, it was very fun. I hope your fun was Your fourth was fun and enjoyable as well. And now here on the 5th of July with a new and interesting spirit that I was very, very intrigued to hear about, we have Emily Darchuk, the founder of Quayward Spirits. Emily, how are you today? Great. How are you, Greg? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. I'm doing better than I probably deserve to be after how many of those constitutionally legal beverages I was just talking about I had yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I'm, it's not even that I'm feeling better. It's just that I'm feeling fine, which I really, if I'm being honest, don't deserve to. So I'm, t- I'm, I'm letting myself enjoy that, you know? 
Good. Good, good. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank it, you so much. It is a pleasure to have you here. And it's a pleasure to be looking at these fun, tiny little bottles of your wayward spirit that you sent me. So uh, for for guests who can't see how this is spelled on the air, uh, tell me a little bit about what wayward spirits is and why I'm pronouncing it in such a funny way. <laughs> so it's called wayward spirit and it's spelled W-H-E-Y-W-A-R-D um, spirit just like you would expect. Um, and it's because it's a more sippable and sustainable specialty spirit actually made from whey. Um, but we like to say the name is multifaceted and not only explains what we make, but why we make it. So obviously it's a way spirit, wayward spirit, but really it's that wayward mentality we have as a company to just do things differently for the right reasons, we think, um, by upcycling whey and using that instead of a traditional grain, grape, or agave to produce our spirit from, but also how we approach our fermentation and distillation to make sure we're retaining a natural flavor and stability that really connects people to how their products are made. And we've won some of the top awards around the world because of it. I love that. And and this, this reminds me of one of my favorite soapboxes to get up on, which is that we as Americans need to be comfortable with eating more and different types of animals. Um, we, we really, we really need to get over how just squeamish and spineless we are about only eating. There, there are so many mammals out there on the planet and really we only eat two of them. And I'm like, this world would be a much more sustainable place to live if people were more open-minded about the things that we can and want to eat. And your spirit really intrigues me because it's kind of that same principle, but applied to the things that we drink. You know, like you said, it's not made from grains or grapes or agave or any anything that you kind of have to, you know, cultivate and grow and harvest. Um, it's made from something that is generally a, a waste product. So I'd like to hear for our, our listeners, because we are not uh, a cheese podcast, a little bit about what whey is. Because um, I think most people, including me, when I first got your spirit, only really knew about it from the nursery rhyme. Um, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about what it is and then how you got the idea to how you you came to be looking at it and said, you know, I bet I can make booze out of this. Well, I always start with the nursery rhyme, so I'm glad we're at the same spot. Um, <laughs> you got to start um, with the basics sometimes. <laughs> um, you have your curds in your way. Um, and essentially for every 10 pounds of milk, you can only make one pound of cheese, you're left with nine pounds of whey. Super mild, super chock full of nutrients, super creamy, soft, just very mild, um, nice flavor. There's over 100 billion pounds produced annually in the U.S. About half of that's fully utilized. Sometimes fractions of that will go into that whey protein powder you see, but so much of it's left over. Um, and instead of cultivating, you know, a virgin crop or using, you know, vegetables and fruits and things like that for a spirit, which is non-nutritive, we're actually kind of working directly with our sustainable dairy partners to prevent that way from going to waste. So we use those nutrients that um, from that way and actually use yeast for good. And we use that to ferment um our base, and then we do our distillation in a way to like concentrate and refine those unique flavors to make a spirit where we don't have to add any additives or flavors or tricks or tricks um, on the back end to make a beautifully creamy, soft, delicate, nice tasting spirit. Um, that being said, there's no dairy on the end product. So if you are sensitive to lactose or something like that, 
you're fine to drink it. So it really is just kind of a new expression. And we like to say an evolution in agricultural based spirits. Um, just like you have a distinctive and lovely character coming from an agave based spirit, you're getting that distinctive and lovely character just coming from the whey base. Um, and it's a new category and we're really excited to not only kind of have people try it, but also kind of teach them how food and spirits are made and, you know, support our domestic, you know, food system and agricultural system and add value back to the things we make. Um, and, you know, we've done a lot of studies also show like the sustainability and the carbon footprint of a circular economy approach to spirit production is just really compelling as well. So we're really proud to work directly with our producers and add value and add resiliency to our, you know, domestic food system in a way that, you know, makes a better tasting product. So it's win-win all around. I think that is, and you'll have to forgive me for this, way cool. <laughs> um, so talk to me a little bit about how you looked at these uh, billions and billions of pounds of whey every year that you, you said only half of it was used. I'm assuming that means the other half gets thrown away, right? Um, it's a, it's a patchwork. So sometimes it goes to animal feed. A lot of it goes down the drain. Sometimes it's spread on a field, but that's not the best use because that can run off. Um, and the thing that's interesting is like we waste things, <laughs> but Mother Nature doesn't. So it's just about proper management. And whenever anything like has a lot of nutrients in it and you don't dispose of it or manage it or consume it in the right way, stuff will happen like an algae bloom or it'll burden, you know, wherever the ecosystem you're doing. Um, trying to kind of put that into. So it's a mix. There's some industrial uses for it. Like I said, you can fractionate some protein powders. Um, some people can dry it, but really we're giving this way its highest and best use and kind of coming in at the point where it's um, most kind of uh, sustainable to be able to utilize it for our, our production as well. So where do you come into this picture? Where did you start looking at all of the, where, where did you even become aware that this was something that was being uh, thrown away and potentially causing algal blooms and uh, wreaking <laughs> havoc as we, as we as humans like to do, we think that if we put something out of sight, it's like, we're never gonna have to deal with it again, but it always comes back. The things we throw away always have a way of returning to us in forms that we don't want. So how did you, look at this and say, I'm going to disrupt this cycle. I'm going to take this and upcycle it into something that is fun and sustainable and can get you drunk. All things that <laughs> I, all things that we approve of here on Speakeasy Industries. Yes. How did that idea occur to you? Well, I'm actually a food scientist. So I worked in the food and beverage industry my whole career. Um, and kind of in that role, I was mainly a product developer. Um, and I kind of like to kind of describe that role um, as someone who kind of translate consumer needs into tangible products with science. So I was always curious about where food comes from, understanding it, figuring out how to do it better, um, and taking those ideas from like concept through benchtop all the way through commercialization, like with companies across um the country and facilities across the country. So I've gotten to work a little bit of everything, but it really showed me kind of how our food system works and, you know, what consumers want in different categories and then also how to do things better. And for me, 
sustainability is about balance. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of 10 pounds of milk, one pound of cheese, nine pounds away, that's, that's just inherent how you make cheese. And that's fine if to a certain scale, but once you scale larger, then all of a sudden you have, you know, a huge pain point. And, um, a lot of things in our food system have just become a pain point because we're not thinking about holistic management on how we balance everything. And this is universal to almost every category, <laughs> you know, in the food system today. And, you know, I saw a lot of the innovation going away from the larger companies I had worked on and kind of being able to kind of fall in the laps of entrepreneurs actually focused on, you know, creating value and solving problems um, and, you know, kind of pushing the paradigm of what something needed to look like. Um, and instead of trying to hope that the, you know, the product and the type of company landed on my desk that I dreamt of work going on, like, why not create that change you, you hope to see and, you know, inspire people with it and, you know, hopefully be able to inspire the industry as a whole. And I really thought with my unique background, both in beverages with dairy, with natural health and beverage, and also kind of my understanding and ability to do a lot of innovation in alcohol, which unfortunately the narrative tends to be stuck in prohibition in the 1920s versus thinking about the problems of, you know, 2020s and beyond, I could be that bridge for good um, and help everyone venture wayward um, in a unique way (laughs) (laughs) uh, that helped solve a problem, but also, you know, help spark delight, which is my fundamental, my why is different than maybe my customer's why. And I am on board with that because if you're loving it, just because it's a unique spirit that fills, you know, that gap, that's your trusted bar cart partner. And you can kind of venture wayward in the type of cocktails and, you know, drinks that you make because it's really nicely balanced. It's versatile. um, And it's just like, we're doing all that hard work for you. Like, I feel like a job well done there. So I can worry about the way you worry about enjoying your cocktail and everyone wins along the journey. I, I love that. And I want to hear about the, the next step on this journey that you talked a little bit about, um, the customer. Uh, I, I imagine that putting this in front of someone engenders a lot more questions than putting a new vodka in front of someone. And I, in my experience running bars, my rule was always don't put more than one thing that people won't understand on the ingredients list. Generally, I found that people will take a, if they like everything else that's on the ingredients list of a cocktail, they'll take a gamble on the one thing that they've never heard of before. But if there's more than one thing that they're unfamiliar with, they'll, they'll just be like, uh, it's too risky, I'm going to pass. And I guess vodka being such a large category, not, not necessarily a large category, but a category that's fairly easy to enter into that doesn't need to be made from anything specific that doesn't really need to have any specific flavor. In fact, it has a sort of specific like lack of flavor in a lot of <laughs> ways. Why why not make a vodka? Why not sell this as vodka from whey? Why go the extra mile to have to have these conversations and explain to people and get people on board with something they've never heard of before? Yeah, because... I had advice very early in my journey when I was trying to, you know, figure out exactly what I was making and why I was making it. And bartender said I was talking about a concept and they clearly 
said, the world doesn't need another vodka. And I was just like, you are so right. Um, yes, they are. Why- <laughs> always right. Bartender's always right. Um, but the, the, I mean, the reality of it is, you know, why taste something unique and make it taste like everything else? Um, number one. Number two, you know, I think it loses a little bit of its magic and its connection with people. And I'm also a believer you can't solve commodity problems with commodity solutions. Um, hmm. So what's the, why, you know, like what's, what's the point? It's just one more product on the market to me. And I don't think we can make as much of an impact, you know, with that customer and ultimately, you know, on our journey of being able to utilize more way for our spirits. If we, if we went the neutral route, because I'd have a really hard time convincing you to try this, that's different. It would be subtly different, but you'd be making the same type of cocktail you'd put in a Bloody Mary. You'd be doing that, the same kind of um, formulaic thing you would do with a vodka and you never notice out of it. Also, I think we lose a lot of our magic with it. Like, Greg, I'm your give me something different pour. So someone comes <laughs> in, give me something different this is that one thing you change, right? You can elevate a classic with our spirit. You can have something where one of our trademarks is taste a difference, make a difference in that. And I'm a big believer in that concept of liquid to lips. And, you know, that curiosity will get you to try it, but that quality is going to kind of get those neurons firing and realizing you just had a really cool, unique experience that you've never had before. Um, And even just the concept of being able to sip something straight something warm. You're not ice colding. You're not having to shoot it. You're able to kind of mindfully drink it and everyone gets different flavor flavors from it because it's different and they're anchoring to different types of spirits. And then that starts their journey on what they pair with it or how they describe it to someone else or, um, you know, and, um, and like, you know, who they're going to kind of serve it to next. And that's kind of a fun journey for it to kind of travel on. And that travels on beyond just kind of me and, you know, a couple cocktails I make and some education and that. The other thing is the more I learned about spirits, it's like, you were exactly right. You can make vodka out of anything, but vodka tastes like vodka based on the CFR and how high you take it um, up on the still, which essentially makes it a neutral spirit. And, you know, you could make a vodka out of, you know, agave based spirit, but you'd be missing out on, you know, categories like tequilas and mezcals and things that have just exploded because it has the character and a nuance. And that's really what customers are seeking. They want to have a little bit of discovery. They want differentiation. And I just felt like I could have some magic with wayward spirit. Well, I actually have some wayward spirit in a glass right here, and I've been I've been waiting for the opportune time in this interview to try this for the first time because I'm really really excited to see what this is all about. So here we go. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So you'll notice we always kind of walk through a tasting. It's a spirit you really want to use all your senses on. So even in that little glass, um, you'll notice it almost has some legs to it. It has a heftiness, and that's kind of almost kind of going to be triggering you to the mouthfeel you're going to get when you're drinking it because it really is a nice, pillowy, um, smooth spirit. The other thing is when you smell it, it's on your nose. You're not just getting that kind of hit of ethanol. You're going to get some soft, sweet notes, a little bit of champagne, a little bit of pear notes, like kind of inviting in. 
um, compared to something maybe like a vodka or a gin that's more harsh on the nose or very heavy on the botanicals. So then you're going to take your first sip and you kind of kind of let it sit on your palate. You're going to get a really cool transition of flavors, a little bit of vanilla oaky notes. You're going to get some warm spice. You're going to get those naturally occurring lactones. And finally, you're going to get a really clean, crisp finish. And that's how we play with those kind of vanilla oaky notes, with those lactones, with the spice, with the with the clean finish, where you could, with a rum, a vodka, gin, a tequila, or a vodka, you just lean into those different elements with the different kind of other ingredients in your cocktail, and it's super versatile. Yeah, the thing I'm loving about this now that it is now that it is uh, traversed past my my teeth and tongue and is on its way to my stomach, where it's going to make <laughs> me very happy for the rest of the day. Um, the one thing I'm really noticing is that. I, I have this lovely uh, sensation that's sticking around. That's almost like I've just eaten like a really decadent French pastry, like that sort of, um, you know, like it, it, I, I know that there isn't a ton. Uh, there isn't actually like the same thing that's happening on my palate as if I was to eat like, you know, some really rich, heavy whipped cream, but that's kind of how it feels. Those are some of the notes that are sticking around. And you mentioned something I hadn't heard of before, lactones. And I'm guessing that that might be responsible for the sensation that I'm getting right now. Yeah, lactones are that kind of milky, creamy kind of effect. And you'll get some lactones also come into play a little bit with coconut notes. Um, so that's kind of why you get that kind of kind of same pina colada effect a little bit from cer certain rums, especially agricole rums and things like that. Um, so that's a really, really kind of nice note that's unique about our spirit. Um, but I think it's important too for um, to note is just like all of this is naturally coming from our fermentation and distillation. We're not adding anything to the spirit. I think it's just something kind of cool to be able to experience, hey, this was being underappreciated. We took a lot of care to do our fermentation super intentionally to create a beautiful flavor profile. And then we took that extra care to do our distillation in a way that helps concentrate and refine that. So you're really getting this connection of how your food's made, where it comes, and it's really unique. Um, but that kind of well-roundedness, that balance, um, that that those elements you were saying, it's kind of like you can use it as that one to three ounce pour of your base of your cocktail. People love to just have it on the rocks with a little twist of lemon. You almost get this beautiful lemoncello effect. But really, like, you can take the classics, and I just say, take your core recipe, take what you like, but probably drop the sweetness that you would add to your cocktail by about 30% because the spirit is so nice. You're not having to build up on it and you're not having to fight anything or cover anything up. So it's really kind of a, this cool collaborative canvas of a base spirit that you can kind of, you know, lean into those elements, make more desserty drink, or even as simple as a, um, a martini, it's almost giving a fat wash martini effect without having to do any work or cover up any flavor. Yeah. And one thing I really liked about it too, is that there was a light, like kind of lemon sorbet note that I got on there. And I'm a, I'm a twist of lemon purist when it comes to my martinis, Me too. You know, I'm having them dry, uh, super dry, 50, 50, whatever it is. I'm like, I, I love, I love olives. 
Olives are great. Olives belong on a charcuterie board. Uh, <laughs> give me a nice twist of lemon in my martini. And I could see the sort of lemon sorbet notes in here picking up nicely on that too. I'm right with you. On our neck tag, we have, you know, twist of lemon martini. It's a three to one. It's a strong one, but a dry, nice, crisp spirit forward martini, I think is it's how the world should be. <laughs> well, this is uh, super interesting. And I'm really excited that I have a second bottle here ahead of me to try the Hueski. But before before I indulge on air, uh, because I have a cool job, we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors here on Heritage Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Emily Darchuk from Wayward Spirits. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. Today, we're talking with Emily Darchuk, the founder of, I love doing this, Wayward Spirits. We were talking a little bit before the break about how one goes about looking at a big thing of whey, whey, which is uh, a byproduct of creating cheese, and which a lot of times goes to, again, you'll have to forgive me for this, waste. So... The idea of taking that and making it into something uh, fun and drinkable and boozy, I am all here for. But I want to dig a little bit more into what it was like for you coming into this world. Because you, Emily, came at this as a food scientist and not necessarily as a beverage professional. And I think that that is great. I am of the opinion that you should never, ever, ever, ever undervalue a new perspective in something, I think that it's very easy for um, people who are in this in this world to fall into the trap of when you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. So you coming along as, I guess, a screwdriver in this analogy, um, really kind of were, were shaking this up and coming in as someone with a fresh way to look at things. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. No, it's definitely been an interesting journey. And I think... Um, Anytime you want to do entrepreneurship, you want to be, you know, I don't know, 80% comfortable, but it's that 20%, that curiosity. <laughs> I don't know if I have my proportions right, but you need enough of um, discomfort in it going into what you're doing, um, that you're constantly hungry and learning and um, getting feedback. It's, it's, and, the people, it's the people who are 100% confident in what they're doing that you should never, ever trust. No. <laughs> because... Because no. they haven't thought of all the ways it could go wrong. It could go wrong or you're just doing the same playbook you did somewhere else. And I mean, at that yeah. point, it, it's, 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 
it's that kind of entrepreneurial journey. It's that problem solving. It's like, what's going to get you out of bed when, you know, there's challenges ahead. And I think that, 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 you know, ability to have that discovery and the unexpected and to really kind of push boundaries and create something cool is, is kind of that sweet spot. So I, as I mentioned, I worked in food and beverage. I commercialized, I worked in every pretty much category under the sun um, and seeing this problem and kind of coming into the alcohol category it hadn't been one I worked on. I worked on a lot of natural health and beverages, um, non-alc, a um, lot of different things. And I saw just the evolution in my time in the career on just people caring about flavor and caring about sourcing and caring about impact and just even how the grocery aisles have changed and, you know, um, just you just the options that are and the different types of makers and what's appreciated. And then I started on this project and I looked, you know, in liquor stores and in the alcohol category, everything's a celebrity that didn't actually create it themselves. Very narrow categories (laughs) that are defined by a CFR, right? Like that makes everything kind of taste the same. A lot of the elements of the CFR don't actually allow you to produce sustainably or flavor focus. And then I'm seeing categories like tequila that are growing, but in a way that like, oh my gosh, you can't get enough agave. So now you're pumping it full of additives. You're kind of doing some not ideal kind of harvesting practices. And, you know, I think my big aha was just how much, especially in the vodka category, is all the same stuff in a different bottle. And just coming from a different, you know, Avenue and food and Bev and how important authenticity and transparency and impact and, you know, sourcing and all of this was there. I didn't see anything that spoke to me or the consumers that, you know, I was developing for there in this category. I also saw super narrow categories, no blurring of it. And until you got into, you know, certain things, you know, like an age spirit or certain different categories. Could Did you really have permission to tell that origin story and that sourcing story in a way because you could have flavor? Um, and I'm a big believer is like a lot of innovation comes from blurring of categories and how can you use disruption for good? So when I first started Journey, talking about food waste was like, not a topic. It's like front and center now, even the UN and everyone's saying this is like, one of the fundamental things we need to sort out for climate. Um, when I was talking, I believe the word existential crisis gets tossed around a lot. It's just, it's, it's <laughs> no matter where you fall, no matter what you think about anything. Like I think the one thing we can all agree on is waste is bad, right? Like mm-hmm. people work really mm-hmm. hard, and there's a lot of impacts when. Um, we don't fully utilize and appreciate it because, like I said, Mother Nature wastes nothing. It just goes into things and creates impacts we don't want. So um, it's it's not great, um, but it's now front and center of a conversation, which we're more we're we're really proud to have been kind of a trailblazer in having those conversations and kind of some of the things we've done with partnerships to bring that front and center. Um, the other thing too is just I've seen a lot of disruption for, you know, kind of with non-alc and more mindful drinking and, you know, entrance of new things. And like, we love that because people are now picking it up. They're reading the label. They're asking questions. 
They want to do more and better with less. And I feel that's what Wayward really delivers. Um, you know, it's a great tasting spirit. Um, you can do more different cocktails with it, but you can also appreciate where it's made and how it's made. So, you know, a lot of the things that we saw as opportunities, I think, in the alcohol industry in a category, because we were coming in kind of with a mindset of opportunity um, and that um, the consumers were also seeing and pushing for the same thing at the same time. So it was super well-timed and I think it actually kind of helped us from falling into the same playbook and traps. You know what I mean? Of how do you launch a spirit brand? Well, you just buy something, you pay a celebrity, and then you just try to push it everywhere um, you can and see if it sticks. And for us, it's just been an authentic journey connecting with people. And, you know, we like to say building our herd and adding value to you, Greg, as a bartender. You know what I mean? It's like that give me something different pour. How can I kind of be able to express something different um, and have a different kind of conversation that actually adds value to you and, you know, how you like to imbibe in your life. So, you know, it's education's hard, but I wouldn't do it any other way. And I think that's kind of how we're going to kind of progress the industry as a whole to bringing in new ideas. And I hope that like the liquor aisle looks like every other aisle in the grocery store within the next 10 years. And I think it's coming. And I think that's pretty exciting. I love what you're talking about there about sort of taking existing things and making something new with them. It reminds me of a, a phenomenon that I like to call the Taco Bell phenomenon, where like Taco Bell only has seven different ingredients that they use. Like that's it. But their menu is like 50 things long because they're just endlessly finding new ways to recombine them. Like we're going to take a hard taco and wrap it in a soft taco shell and put cheese in. But what kind of evil genius came up with that sort of, and it's brilliant. Like, and I, and I love it. So like, yes, I firmly believe that there is no such thing as a new idea. And obviously the plants that exist on this planet are kind of, you know, what we, what we have is what we're going to have, but we'll never, ever see the end of like taking those existing ideas and existing, uh, uh, biological ingredients and recombining them in, in innovative ways. And I love that about what you're doing. Um, I'm also really excited to try and taste sort of a, uh, uh, cheesy gordita crunchified version <laughs> of whiskey that you're doing here. Cause it is, uh, whiskey. It's a, uh, I'm just reading off the bottle here, a barrel aged spirit distilled from weight 80 proof. So I'm guessing this is your your standard um, wayward spirit, but with a little sort of a whiskey twist on it. Am I right about that? Yeah. So essentially, um, we launched Wayward in September 2020. It's when I sold my first bottle, um, and it's done incredibly well. Um, but we always kind of saw ourselves as like, how do you really kind of connect to people and what is that natural evolution and for us from the start it was like we wanted to have a, a clear expression and you know an aged expression so wayward spirit has won double gold in new york world wine and spirits competitions repeat winners we've won gold again um also san francisco good food award winners like you know, so we've won some of the top awards in spirits. Um, and very rarely do you have people <laughs> talking about an award-winning spirit than going into a barrel. You're always talking about the back end of it. It's like the magic still is this magic barrel that creates something great. So we want to start with something good. I mean, for us, like, you know, you're 
Taco Bell analogy, as long as all those seven things you have are awesome, you know, everything else you're going to make is awesome too. So we take that award-winning wayward spirit and then we barrel age it in a really unique way to create beautiful flavor. So our whole philosophy is to make, you know, spirits approachable to people. Um, and, you know, so they understand what it is and also that it's easy to drink. So we took that same approach with whiskey um, with it. So kind of it's kissed with the oak, um, but it's super easy to drink. And we did our aging more focused on highlighting and, you know, kind of amplifying and, you know, complementing those beautiful flavors that were coming from Wayward Spirit that were truly unique. Um, and then kind of having that have a new expression through aging. So you're going to get some like almost a little bit of chocolate covered espresso beans, some toffee, some malted toasted notes, but nothing kind of way over oaked, nothing over lever, you know, not nothing too extreme. So again, that versatility, that sipability, it's really a spirit that anyone can enjoy and understand as well. And it still has that wayward, you know, fingerprint to it with our flavor. Yeah. The one thing I'm really liking, I, I haven't tasted it yet, but the one thing I'm really liking on the nose is this sort of like burnt marshmallow mm -hmm. flavor, which like I was as, as uh, an impatient agent of chaos, I was always the kid that like never had the the time to actually roast a marshmallow. I would just like stick it in the fire and just let it turn into a fireball. <laughs> and then I'm like, give it a good 20 seconds. You're like, great, sweet. My s'more is done. So I, I appreciate that like kind of, charcoal note which i'm guessing comes from the barrel and the marshmallow note that that i was sort of getting a little bit on the original spirit i like how those two kind of play together so i'm really interested to see how this tastes yeah take a sip again use all your senses with it it's it's really unique and it's fun to be able to kind of pull out some of those flavors you had in wayward that you really enjoyed and then kind of see how that kind of you know translates with aging yeah it's interesting it's like it's like all of the original flavors i got on the wayward kind of went through a toaster oven, you know, it's like the sort of those sort of creamy flavors translate to kind of that, that burnt marshmallow thing I was talking about. And that kind of coconut milk thing now has sort of a toasted coconut flavor to it. I, I think it's cool. I really, I really enjoy it. And it is, you know, you're not, it's not just the same thing plus wood. It's interesting how you've, you've, um, like you said, took something that was doing really well and like, okay, now where else can we go with it? Absolutely. We're kind of inspired, you know, like just like, and I always kind of anchor back to this category just because I feel like it's the, the one you can really kind of geek out the most on. Um, but, you know, just like you have a Blanco and a Reposado and a Anejo, like your flavors are changing with it, but you're not losing your kind of core source for it. Um, and that's where I think it's kind of cool with what we're doing with Wayward and Wayski. And again, it makes a beautiful old fashioned, beautiful Manhattan, but we do like little twists. So we add a little bit of like the black walnut bitters to it. And it's just like this beautiful mm. maple syrup, like this all encompassing, beautiful cocktail um, that's just super easy to make. So it's kind of like we're there just elevating the experience, elevating the conversation, elevating the flavor and that. So um, Wayski's been really well received and we're really kind of proud of, again, kind of pushing the paradigm of what a age spirit needs to look like and who it needs to be for and how it needs to taste and really being focused on, Hey, we're, we're, we're 
just focus on bringing best in class, best tasting spirits to our customers and like leave your, leave your expectations from, you know, the industry behind on what things need to be and how they need to be and like trust your taste buds and just enjoy. I love that. And if I, if I know two things about our listeners, it's that they enjoy sustainability and intoxicants. So um, if they're looking to, to support both of those things and support this, this really interesting product, where can they find it and where can they get in touch with you and see what uh, you've got going on? Well, I, I'm all, I'm all for both of those as well. Um, so I invite everyone uh, to join our herd. So go to waywardspirit.com. That's W-H-E-Y-W-A-R-D spirit.com there you can buy a bottle we ship to your door across the country free shipping on two or more bottles so if you get a bundle pack of wayward and whiskey and kind of do the same taste challenge um do some cocktails we have great recipes on there um also if you uh we send out about monthly newsletters cool things that you can prevent food waste kind of by doing pairings with their cocktails. Um, we do recipes every month. We do a ton of partnerships and we're really proud. We just started rolling out um, with some retail um, customers like Whole Foods and Hy-Vee and Total Wines. So it's a great place to kind of also follow our journey, um, which has been, um, it's been cool. And we've had a lot of supporters from the start that are cheering us on or their wayward spirits in their own way. And they, they love it. And, you know, we love to see what people are doing with it. So it's definitely a collaborative community. So reach out, um, but also kind of join our herd and, you know, enjoy. Well, Emily, this has been fantastic having you on. Thank you so much for talking about this uh, to me and and for our listeners. And thank you for an excuse to have a little um, hair of the cow <laughs> to start off my July 5th over here. It was it was needed and appreciated. Thank you very much. I love it. It was such a pleasure, Greg. And I hope um, you have a great 5th and 6th and rest of your July as well. Thank you. Same to you. But for now, that is going to do it for us here at The Speakeasy. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Feel free to head over to heritageradionetwork.org to check out dozens of other shows just like this one. Join to donate and become a member. And in the meantime, stick around here at The Speakeasy, where we're going to be coming at you all summer with cool guests and cool spirits. And in the meantime, have fun, enjoy your July, and drink responsibly. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. It's gonna get you some-